Welcome back to episode seven of Two Knicks Talk Sports. Uh, I'm Nick Minocchio here with Nick St. Lawrence. Yo! I'm back for another week of NFL, NBA recaps. Um, definitely an interesting week. A lot of scoring from a fantasy perspective. Basically the whole entire week. I know some your fantasy team went crazy in our league. Banana. I know some people probably did really well in DFS and um, I think this was the first week that Vegas said that they were they lost money. A lot of the public bets hit, so kind of a wild week. Um, trade deadline day today in the NFL, so we're going to cover some of the uh, the big trades that went down and some of the ones that didn't go down, some of the players that are stuck where they are. And also some news on the Celtics front with uh, Ime Udoka getting, I guess, released from the Celtics and hired from Brooklyn. So um, we're going to start with the Celtics news and then kind of dive into the NFL. But uh, before then, Nick, anything off the top? Uh, I'll agree with you. What a wild week. We've kind of been waiting for this uh, in the NFL. Uh, Very high-scoring affair uh, when it comes to fantasy, I think, across the board, uh, which is good to see. Uh, Some players that we've been talking about kind of peaked off um, that we'll talk about once we dive into the NFL. Uh, Celtics again, this is uh, pretty big time news and we're under a week now to opening day for the Friars. So excited to be here. Um, but I mean, Nick, what do you what do you feel about this uh, Yudoka situation? I mean, we just went to the finals, um, had a chance to go up game three, we lose, and we end up losing the finals to a, a hell of a team in Golden State. And then the news comes out about Adoka in the offseason. Um, he gets a sp- suspended for the year by the Celtics, and now it seems to me he's going to an arch enemy uh, in the Brooklyn Nets for next to nothing. Yeah, so we're going to start Celts, and I mean, frankly, I'm, I'm happy about that. Obviously, I was happy to talk basketball, but I'm pissed. I think that the Celts, first off, letting go of Udoka for free and letting him go, or I guess pick his destination type of move that happened. Um, is wrong. I don't understand how they didn't get a pick, how they didn't get a player, um, anything really. I, they, they got zero. When they got rid of Doc after the KG Pierce, you know, the big three era, they got a first round pick from the Clippers for Rivers. And granted, Rivers, you know, had won a title. He had value. To say Udoka doesn't have value is an understatement. I mean, I think as soon as he got suspended from the Celtics, it was you know, national news. It led a lot of the, the sports talk shows that we listened to. And the Celts got put in a weird predicament. They were without their coach coming off of a finals appearance. He put them in a terrible spot. Obviously, this was all, you know, whatever happened facilitated behind the scenes. Whoever leaked the information, whatever the relationship was, that's neither here nor there. He got suspended. It is what it is. But the fact that he got let go for nothing is what really, really aggravates me. And um, honestly, not that I don't believe in Missoula or the players or anything like that, but I feel like as of today, the Celts got worse by releasing their coach, which really doesn't make much sense because he wasn't going to coach this year anyways. But I think, and we were talking about this a little bit offline, there has to be something behind the scenes here with either one of the star players or someone not getting along with them where the Celtics were okay with him being released out of his contract. Yeah, I, I mean... It's it's kind of mind-blowing. I mean, the guy's a first-year coach. We are 
a few games away from winning the finals. Um, we started the year last year pretty uh, awful too. So like it was the end run and then, you know, where we were. So you were thinking we're just going to come in blazing for the, you know, uh, 22-23 season. And, and here we are, we get hit with this, you know, um, crazy accusation and now our coach is out and again uh with missoula it seems like our offense has been clicking more our defensive side i think needs to uh be better and that's you know where yudoka shined but i think not getting anything for him is insane um i'm i stand with you 1000 percent on it. i think the other thing is is like he's going to a rival in the eastern conference I, with agree. star players agreed and then you know he coached us so he's going to be knowing what you know what ways to you know best uh, affect us? So that's not good. I mean, I I don't like it. I mean, I don't. The, I think Brooklyn's a mess. But um, I'm, the only thing I'm hoping for is that if it is with the players that this is like, oh, it's t- it's like a uh, one of those things. that's time to you know prove what the deal is, and and they all come together and you know they start playing out of their minds, which could happen. I just. Again, I don't like the circumstances. I don't think that uh, he could just get a free ride, get suspended, can't play with the Celtics, but potentially could go and coach, you know, tomorrow for the Nats. That's a, it's a little odd to me. Exactly. So does he just show up tomorrow and starts coaching Kevin Durant and Kyrie after essentially getting suspended for a year? Well, I'm assuming it was without pay. I have no idea. But he gets suspended for a year and then gets to pick, oh, I go to just, just go to coach, you know, two – all NBA talents and right back into a situation that's, you know, I, I, I think we all agree it's a negative situation because of, you know, Kyrie and they're horrendous defensively, but he gets Kevin Durant and it's it just the whole, the, the way it all played out just, just pisses me off and it just stinks of there has to be something more to it. It has to be a player's thing where the, some of the players were signed off on this. And I grant, I, I think, from a ownership standpoint, it has to be Tatum Brown, and I think they 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 look at Smart as one of those guys as well, whether that's right or wrong. Those three probably had to sign off on this in some capacity, right? Like, there's no way that they they didn't. I don't think Tatum, if Tatum wanted Udoka around, or if Brown wanted Udoka around, there's no way that he leaves today and goes to Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, I mean. I think in the next coming weeks you're going to see a whole bunch of information that's been withheld this whole time get leaked out. Um, I just don't foresee any other way around it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a little upset. Definitely thought we would get some compensation for him. Um, and, again, doesn't have to be the Doc Rivers first round pick, but Anything. something. Something. Player. End, end of the, end of the uh, second dra- round yeah. or draft pick. Or something. Draft pick or, like, like, like we said, a, I don't know, a bench Money. player. Um, anything. Yeah, just a- anything – so again, that's that's what also just leads me to the players had to sign off on this, and ownership was okay with letting him go. Um, they obviously look at Missoula as as a head coach, otherwise they wouldn't have done this, which is a positive sign for me, thinking that they're you know kind of putting their their faith behind the kid, um, which is nice. And hopefully, again, like you just said, like it's a rallying cry that they can all kind of rally up and and play for the rest of the season and look at it as like they don't have any other distractions here and stay healthy and you know gun for the the first spot in the east uh, I, don't, I don't think brooklyn's going to be a threat to them i really don't in the grand scheme of things because they handled them very very easily last year uh i also think milwaukee's 10 times better than brooklyn so i don't really think brooklyn can beat either of them but again they just had, they just got one of the better coaches in the league i mean if, if he's going to light a fire under 
Kyrie or KD, um, that's not going to be good. So, um, yeah, all in all, not not a great day for for my opinion from the Celts. So, um, we'll I'm sure we'll 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 touch base on this, you know, in in further episodes, and if anything else comes out, obviously, you know, we'll we'll touch base on it next week. So, um, we'll pop over to the NFL. Uh, crazy week. There was scoring. I think this was this week alone. There was more guys that scored two touchdowns, three touchdowns in the league than there has been in a long time. I feel like there's, I didn't, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but there was a lot more touchdowns this week than I've seen in in a long time. So um, we'll dive right into it. Start with the Thursday game, and uh, and vibe out with Baltimore at Tampa Bay, um, which was. Uh, uh, a weird game Thursday night's games have been kind of strange across the board really there's been a lot of weird ones but um Baltimore ends up winning the game 27-22 Brady falls to three and five for the first time in oof, god it's got to be like 10-12 years at a minimum that he's been you know down like this um Tampa didn't look great they they gave up only three sacks but I feel like Brady was under pressure a lot um, 26 or 44 is not Tom Brady-esque by any means. Typically, Brady's throwing the ball 44 times. He's he's racking up more than one touchdown too. Um, Baltimore going up to five and three. They, I mean, they had a few bad losses in the beginning of the season. They're they're a few kind of one play away from being six and two or seven and one. They look better than their record is right now. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean. I think the distractions and all the off-the-field nonsense that Brady's going through is actually catching up to him. Um, I mean, the guy is still human, uh, un- unfortunately. To, tough to see if this is potentially his last year to to be going down this hole. I mean, his offensive line needs to come back and be healthy, um, which will help out Fournette because he, he's breaking down fast. I mean, he started the year on fire, and the last couple of weeks he's been uh, abysmal. Um Good to see that you know Godwin's getting more involved. He had like 11 targets, but didn't do much with the targets. Again, uh, Evans um, had a pretty good day, but should have had a much better day. Yep. Um, Again, uh, on the flip side of the ball, uh, Baltimore's defense is now uh, starting to get a little healthy, uh, which is going to make uh, opposing teams, uh, um, you know, much more difficult because offensively they've been pretty good. However. Uh, their top weapon, Mark Andrews, went down, I think, at a high ankle sprain, but uh, look no further. The rookie, Isaiah Likely, uh, just kind of picked up where he left off. 6 for 77 and a TD. Um, and Gus Bus uh, got slowed down coming back uh, from last week, getting thrown right into the mix. Um, and this week he had some knee soreness and uh, would, left the game, and Ken and Drake took back over seven carries to 62 yards. and. Uh, a couple passes uh, on the ground and a touchdown. So um, overall, um, a pretty exciting game, I guess, uh, to watch uh, from a Tom Brady uh, fan perspective. It just <laughs> it's tough to see the guy right now. He's uh, he's getting absolutely toasted, which it's uncalled for and just absolutely insane um, on Twitter and across social media uh, because the guy's having a little bit of downtime and using his personal life against him. The guy's still the goat. He owns every record you can think of and. Now, hopefully they get it together, but still a lot of football to be played. Um, they could still make some noise in the second half of the year. I mean, the one thing that they don't have going for them is they can't really protect him with the run game because they have the worst running offense in, 
I, I believe in like the last 25 years. They're the worst rushing team in the NFL in, in the past 25 years. I think they're they're bottom three. So that's one way to be able to protect Brady with a shitty offensive line, but it's not going to work, obviously, if you're averaging whatever it was, 2.7 yards uh, a carry. Um, and Fournette looks terrible, obviously, because the offensive line looks bad. Uh, they're just, they're, they're not looking good, you know, moving forward. And again, just to touch on them, because, you know, they're an AFC team, but uh, the Ravens are just sneakily, you know, winning the games. Again, they, they're they're very close to being six and two. Uh, you know, the Dolphins game they were they were whooping Miami, and they ended up giving up what 24 or 21, 24, whatever it was in the fourth quarter to lose that game. Uh, they could they could be six and two, and they'd be kind of right there. So um, interested uh, interested to see how they move forward um, with them. So. Uh, jumping over to the Sunday slate, so the one o'clock slate was, you know, was crazy. There was uh, just games all over the place with scoring all over the place. It wasn't really early; it was more, I guess, like midway through the games and and the second half of the games where it started getting a little wild. Um, so the morning game in London was Denver at Jacksonville. The story of the week was had to be Russell Wilson on a intercontinental <laughs> flight doing high knees in the in the aisle while his teammates were sleeping and then his teammates confirming that he was actually doing this what a hard um, one, he is just God. he is a cartoon character but he played and to his credit he played okay I don't think he played terrible he had an absolutely awful interception in the beginning of the season uh, excuse me beginning of the game but um, yeah, he ended the game well he didn't start well he did yeah absolutely they, they played better in the second half uh, my, my one takeaway is ETN uh, so one of the tr- we'll, we'll touch base on on the trade deadline. Uh, James Robinson getting shipped out. Um, j- just ETN's arrows pointing up way 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 up. 24 for 156 and a touchdown. Um, he's a game breaker. He's one of the I would say you know five ten dudes in the league that can kind of score from anywhere. He's got that game breaking type of speed. He looks really really good. Jacksonville as a whole doesn't look great. I mean Trevor Lawrence kind of started the year hot. Uh, another two interceptions in this game, 133 yards, didn't look great. Uh, I don't know if he needs to start doing some calisthenics on the flight or something like that to, to help them out, but they don't. They didn't look very good. Um, Their rushing offense, though, I mean, six yards a carry. If they can lean on ETN uh, moving forward, it's going to help Lawrence out, I would, I would assume, and hopefully he can just limit the turnovers. They'll be better off. Yeah, ETN uh, definitely special. Uh, I was curious to see what he was going to do with the workload, but he was just getting chunk play after chunk play. I mean, um, he was their offense. Good to see Evan Ingram like come back to life and actually uh, not having stone hands and catching some passes and them having some faith in him. The dude's super athletic tight end, you know, uh, that they acquired from the Giants. Um, I I think that you know he had some promise. Uh, Zay Jones is back on the field uh, was a little bit quiet. Um, but Kirk, uh, again, uh, he needs to uh, he needs to step up. He's getting seven targets. Got to do more than three for 40 with those targets on from a Jacksonville perspective. Um, I'll give it to, you know, Broncos got a pretty good defense. They do. Um, but they're a mess. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Wilson still that uh, you get trolled all week on Twitter and some of the funniest videos uh, I got to watch all week. So I appreciated his nonsense he did on the plane because he gave me pure entertainment throughout the week. Um, as far as from a team perspective, um, their run games uh, kind of abysmal. They plotted, you know, average around three yards a carry. 
whether it was Gordon or Murray. Murray seems to get the bulk of the carries, which is funny because, uh, you know, uh, Gordon's been, you know, uh, wanting that bulk uh, of the carries and just hasn't done enough to earn it. Um, and uh, the promise from the passing game was uh, rookie uh, tight end uh, Greg Dolchis, which is perm. Um, he had uh, a second good game in a row, four for 87. Specifically on that game-winning drive is pretty much featured all him. Um, Judy was pretty much the go-to receiver in this one. Seven targets, six receptions, 63 yards on a TD. Where in the world is uh, Cortland Sutton? Um, he was a pretty high draft pick, and he's been abysmal. Um, you know, can't drop him, obviously. So, Super talent, but hasn't done anything in weeks now. Um, definitely um, benchworthy. They're another team, too, that, similar to Tampa Bay, they can't put, protect Wilson because they can't run the ball. I mean, they're relying on guys who, with a combined age of, you know, probably 65 years old between <laughs> Murray and, and Gordon, and they're not – They're shout-out Mike Boone, who got put on IR. I mean, the, their backfield is a disaster after Javante went down. So they can't really protect Wilson, no matter how good or bad he plays. And they kind of just have to ride him out. I mean, they're in the first year of, uh, you know, whatever, a quarter billion dollar contract that they gave him anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, two bad teams. I mean, one of them just had to win. Yep. Starting out the 1 o'clock slate, um, we're going to start with Carolina at Atlanta game. Again, I mean, we talked about this numerous times week previous. Atlanta and Detroit are two of the most fun teams you'll watch play NFL games, no matter what their games are. Outside of the Detroit-New England game, which was an absolute shit show, they play really fun games because their defenses are both terrible, but their offenses score in interesting fashion. Uh, so if anyone anyone that watched this game, it, the, the ending of this game was absolutely insane. Um, Carolina down to last play, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Uh, P.J. Walker throws a bomb to D.J. Moore. How Atlanta lets a guy run right by them for the last play of the game, I'm not sure. And Moore catches it. Had to be one of the best throws of the year, if not the best throw of the year. I think Mahomes tweeted out that it was the best throw of the year. Walker put it right on him. Moore catches it. And then like an absolute moron, D.J. Moore takes his helmet off, throws it into the stands like the game's over. He gets a penalty. The kicker comes up to win the game, misses the extra point, and then they lose in overtime 37-34. You can't even make it this stuff up, man. It's I like... mean, there's there's stupid, and then there's what DJ Moore did. I know there's emotions attached to it all, but also, I mean, you you won basically your team the game, and then you lost it within a four-second span. I did, I did uh, read something that apparently, according to the rule book, if you're not on the field, it shouldn't have been a penalty. And when he actually took it off, he was off the field. Whether or not, I mean, hard to dictate, you know, uh, slowing down, you know, the video to a pitcher and whether or not he was. But you just have to be smarter in that situation. I mean, you just can't do it. I mean, granted, he's been held, you know, in check. The dude's, you know, uh, one of those high draft picks we talk about. Breaking out you know, now. Um, Breaking out. But, uh, you know, uh, with with PJ man, he's uh he's got life again, which which is a good thing for DJ Moore owners and just him as a as a player. And I tell you what, Carolina is now in that mix of you know teams that uh will be exciting to watch. They're not going to be uh, very good. I don't think they'll win a ton of games. But um, you talked you talked about last week. You know, Walker likes to take chances and. Um, no bigger chance than a hail mary at the end of the game to yeah. uh, <laughs> to pot- potentially win it. Um, I think the story for Carolina though was uh, their backup running back Nadonta Foreman. He's uh, 
just a beast. I mean, he was a really, really good at the end of last year, you know, filling in for Derrick Henry when he got hurt. Um, now Christian McCaffrey gets shipped out. They said Chubba Hubbard's going to be the guy. He gets banged up, and Foreman takes the reins. And I don't know if he's going to give the reins back when Hubbard comes back. I mean, uh, the guy's averaging, you know, over four yards to carry, had over 100 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, can't, can't ask for more than what he gave you. Um, so uh, kudos to anyone that went out and picked him up on waiver wires above Hubbard because he seems to probably be the guy moving forward. Yeah, I think he looks he looked he looked good, and I was definitely one of the haters that I I don't necessarily believe in him, or I guess just not necessarily him, but mostly just kind of Carolina in general. Um, what I mean, another guy that we've touched on in week weeks past that we were you know paging the emergency button for and figuring out where he was and. Uh, was Kyle Pitts and why Atlanta wasn't giving him the ball, how they weren't giving him the ball, what, why did they spend a top you know, four or five pick, whatever it was, on him. Um, he got nine targets this week, five for 80 and a touchdown, which is essentially a breakout game for him at this point, no matter where you drafted him, unfortunately. Uh, he looked okay. Um, I think Drake London had one big catch as well. London still only had four for 31. Their passing game looked better this week. Mariota was... Uh, three touchdowns. I think the turnovers will come with Mariota the more that they throw the ball. And obviously this week he had two interceptions. But again, you know, they still eke out a win. Um, they got the two-headed backfield with Huntley and Algier. Both of them chipped in in different ways. Huntley, I don't think he's going to be a, you know, uh, every down type of guy. I don't even know if he has a catch on the season. To be honest with you, I don't even know if he has a target on the season. Um, he didn't look he, he they don't look for him at all in the passing game but Algier uh, they do look for in the passing game he had three for 46 and a touchdown so um, they're they're kind of splitting it evenly but Atlanta runs the ball so much that there's enough for each of them to feed off of um, moving forward and Huntley I know is widely un unowned um, I want to say he's like a five or ten percent own type of guy. So if he's out there, it might be worth a look. Yeah, it'll be it'll be curious when uh, Patterson comes back how they're gonna shape up. And just a shout out to Demary Bird. This is the second week in a row that uh, he got a touchdown. Last week it was one reception for a bomb. This week three receptions, 67 yards, and a TD. Uh, previous uh, Patriot. So shout out to him for Looking two better. weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, move. So moving on. Um, Chicago at Dallas. I think the game kind of went a little bit like everyone thought it was going to go. Dallas handles business 49-29. Um, the story of the week had to be for Dallas is Tony Pollard. Zeke was out. Tony Pollard ran wild. Um, 14 for 131. Yeah, 9.5 yards a carry, three touchdowns. Uh, Pollard is awesome. The The one thing I can say, again, the, the, the had to be the story is definitely Pollard. The story is also after the game, immediately after the game, they talk to Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones immediately commits to Zeke Elliott and says that the team goes as Zeke goes. Well, Jerry, I don't know when the last time is that Zeke played and Dallas has put up 49 points, but Apollo is, I don't know, 10 times more explosive than Zeke. I mean, Zeke's not breaking off 54-yard 50, touchdowns or, or really... Uh, longer touchdowns than maybe like a 20, 25 yard, um, you know, third down run that they have eight in the box and he just sneaks through. Paul is just much more explosive and Dallas just looked much better. Obviously having Dak back helps and, you know, they're not going with Cooper Rush anymore, but um, yeah, Dallas looks good. Six and two. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple things here uh, on the Dallas standpoint. I mean, they got a second week now back with uh, Dak, right? So that's one thing. Two, you get a running back that's averaging the first down. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, he went completely banana land. I mean, I agree that, you know, preserving him because he's not uh, built, you know, uh, like a bigger back uh, like maybe Zeke. Um, and having that two-headed monster until like the playoffs, but you're gonna unleash this guy when it comes to uh, when it comes to it because you just said it. I mean, they put up 49 points. They weren't doing that when Zeke's on the field. Also, I mean, he gets one target. Right. And on that target, he turns into 16 yards. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like last year he was more of a. And we talked about this like preseason was gonna be more of like a slot type guy or at least get some run there. Um, he's dynamic. He's dynamic. And then and then on top of it, you got Prescott. He's got his whole arsenal of receivers healthy, and it showed he spread it evenly. Seven, seven, six in targets. Lamb, Schultz, Gallup, all did decent uh, with those um, targets. Again, not insane. He only threw for 250 yards, and that was because Pollard was so good on the ground. And then, secondly, uh, lastly, I should say, the defense is just that ridiculous. So, um, I mean, um, but, I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give uh, Fields credit. I mean, he tried to keep them uh, pretty much in the game single-handedly. He threw for 151 and two TDs, and also had you know 80, uh, 60 yards on the ground and a TD. Um, and then Herbert seems to be like I, again the back to own there. 16 carries for 99 yards, just more explosive than Montgomery. Montgomery did have a I think a fumble at the end of the game, which yeah, uh, was did. costly uh, as well. Um, and uh, our man Nikhil Harry with a touchdown. Oh, I, I think I, I mean after after Chicago beats the, the Patriots, you knew they were losing this game. It's just the way the NFL goes. Um, so flipping over to Miami at Detroit, uh, Miami gets the win, thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, another solid game from the Miami perspective. Tua looked great, three eighty-two in the air, three touchdowns. Um, their their passing game with uh, you know talking about a two-headed monster, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Are just they're just faster than everyone else. Period. There's there's nothing else to be said. Both of them can just burn everywhere that they go on the field. They're not the biggest guys. They're I mean they're obviously not small, but um, they they're just winning off of the line. And Tua throws them the ball. Uh, what, what did they have? Twenty three targets. So of his tw- of his thirty six passes, twenty three of them went to them too. I mean they're just they're just better than pretty much, I don't know, 90% of the defensive backs that are out there, and they're going to win most of the matchups. Uh, it's just if Miami's defense can hold up and, and you know, take them for the rest of the rest of the game, Miami's offense looks really good. Uh, Mostert, again, kind of held down the bell cow back portion of things. Um, only one target this week. I think it was last week that he had a few more targets than that, but uh, 14 for 64 on the ground, you know, kind of secured that job up pretty well. Um, and then just one thing on the Detroit side, their uh, preseason, the preseason hype on Amara St. Brown, you know, the way he ended last year, um, you know, seven for 69 this year. I didn't own a single share of St. Brown, but I was a believer in him and I owned him in a championship team last year. Um, he deserves better than golf and Detroit has right now. Um, falls to one and six. I mean, Detroit is going nowhere but down and obviously sellers at the deadline too so yeah uh i i mean a couple things uh takeaways i agree with you Tua is just 
he's going to put up numbers because of those two guys. Just Hill and Waddle are just go. insane. I mean, I don't even know what you do. I mean, you you play man, and one of them's going to beat you, and they can do the home run. You play zone, and then they're just they're picking you apart. Um, and then on top of it, you know, they're just built for speed. I said this last week. I mean, most of it's a track star, so they, they have speed there. And Jacecki is a receiving tight end. So um, uh, it just they um they have high octane offense and that defense isn't terrible um on the flip side of the ball swift was back uh, but still they're saying that you know he got too many carries uh williams siphoning again a couple touchdowns he is the goal line back um tj hawkinson led them in receiving but he has shipped out which we'll talk about in a few which uh, should mean uh your boy st brown should uh be trending even further up um, from where he already was at 10 targets, 7 for 69. So that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just not the biggest guy. That's the thing. It's yeah, like right. he, he's going to end up, you know, double covered now and taking these, like, shorter passes. But um, neither here nor there. I'm not a believer in Detroit. But, again, they play fun games, which is another high-scoring one. Um, from, from that game over to Arizona and Minnesota, uh, another high-scoring matchup as well. Um, Arizona ended up blowing the game in in a, in a way but Minnesota 6 and 1 taking care of business at home Kirk Cousins again uh, you know kind of a, a workman's day you know type of day two touchdowns 232 uh, Dalvin Cook showed up which was nice to see I think he's been few and far between with 100 yard games this year uh, Madison snakes another touchdown from him for sure and kind of like the Zeke and Pollard situation when you watch Madison run, he's explosive, and he's definitely, you know, owned in most leagues. But if Dalvin goes down, I mean, Madison easily slides into a top ten, maybe even a top five type of guy. Uh, I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. He is. Depending on where he goes, it's going to be very, very interesting. But if he goes somewhere and gets a starting gig, I mean, he's a first round pick. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um... We'll just start on the side of the ball with Minnesota because they won the game. Uh, again, we talked about this uh, last week. They keep finding ways to win. Um, Arizona is no slouch of a team, but I don't consider them an, uh, like a top-notch team. But uh, they just do everything right to win. Uh, in this game, it was it was uh, Cook was the who was the big-time um, guy. 20 carries, 111 yards, and a TD, and also chipped in five receptions for 30 yards. And then Justin kind of got back to what he does best: six receptions, 98 yards. Um, and then Madison again uh, chipping in for five rushes for 40 yards on the ground and a, and a TD. Um, on the flip side, um, Kyler didn't have the the worst game, didn't have the best game. He just just I feel like he gets tunnel vision. Uh, he had it again on DeAndre Hopkins, who geez, he's been a special since he's been back. I mean, looks like a, a top three to five receiver um 12 receptions 159 in a td had a sick one-handed catch um yes uh oh, yeah. touchdown that was just filthy um rondell moore i thought was going to come out last week um you know with Hollywood brown going out he didn't do anything one for 31 last week this week though um did uh, come back to life um seven for 92 in a td on eight targets which is good to see Ertz had a pretty uh nice uh touchdown um that Bailey made the pile on, but uh, even his targets and 
production is going to be down with Hopkins there, uh, tunnel vision. They had no run game. Eno Benjamin uh, was the lead back, but only got nine carries, didn't do anything with it. I mean, Hopkins should slide right into a wide receiver one role for anyone that drafted him you know, probably late. Um, the guy's coming off of, you know, two cycles of test and D-ball. He should be <laughs> right back into the in the thick of things. But uh, love, love Rondell Moore moving forward. I think he's going to get a ton of looks. Um, he's going to be the short, not short yardage guy, but the shorter passing guy. Hopkins gets the ball pushed down the field a little bit more with him. Um, I like both those guys moving forward. So, uh, from one high-scoring game to an absolute stinker of a game here, with <laughs> the Raiders are just absolutely horrendous. I don't know what happens to McDaniel's. I mean, I don't think they get rid of him year one. I really don't. But they're a disaster. Um, I mean, I'll just touch on the Raiders real quick. Stidham threw 13 passes, and that's really all you need to know about how the Raiders' day went. Uh, Devontae Adams, one catch for three yards on five targets is absolutely a disgusting line. And Josh Jacobs probably burned a lot of people in DFS this week. I know the the matchup against the Saints defense is not the greatest, but 10 for 43 and 2 for 11. uh, He's been probably not the fantasy MVP from where he was drafted, but pretty close uh, from a running back standpoint. And he was due for, you know, kind of a shitty game. Um, The Saints just looked. They overmatched the Raiders in the game. Yeah, I mean, what? I just don't even know what happened. Like, I'm no coach. I'm, you know, uh, I'm a cop and, you know, a part time podcaster. Uh, but what the hell? You know, one like, catch for Devontae Adams. How? You don't get your best offensive player involved. And then your guy that's red hot, that's in a contract year, you only give the ball 10 times. I just don't, I just don't understand. Like, they. Didn't do anything right. Like, they didn't give the best play of the ball, like, the force-feeding them. Um, they didn't get Jacobs going. Just just awful. I just don't understand. And I'll tell you what, New Orleans did. They figured out the Kamara cheat code, and he's back. I mean, pretty much he was their offense. Olave, second in receiving. Um, didn't have a touchdown this week, 5 for 52. But Kamara was the Kamara show. 18 carries, 62 yards on the ground with a touchdown. And then nine receptions for 96 yards, two touchdowns through the air. Yeah, he looked much better this week and probably will be much better moving forward, I would assume. I mean, they weren't – it was weird at the beginning of the season, but also it could have just been a rust thing, playing with random quarterbacks to – not random, but Jamison, Dalton kind of switching on and off. Uh, flipping over to the Patriots game, Patriots lose last week, you know, get absolutely – ran over by the by the Bears so of course they go to the five and two Jets and win outright um my takeaway from this game is that Zach Wilson absolutely sucks dude and he is terrible the Jets have a decision a real decision to make at some point because they have a pretty good team so I don't know what it looks like in their locker room obviously everyone probably heard um more after the game when they talked about his uh, you know his relationship with Wilson and he said I don't know I don't get the ball I mean they they obviously some of the receivers have have an issue with them in some capacity but they have a decision to make because they looked better with Flacco and that's probably egg on my face because I laughed about Flacco after week one but they looked better with him and they they have a shot to compete with the Dolphins for a wild card spot in the division. Um, and obviously I don't think they're going to catch the Bills and they're not better than the Bills. They actually got the Bills this week, so they'll probably get their teeth kicked in again. And they'll have a decision to make if they're going to move to Flacco or not. 
Um, yeah, Wilson sucked. I mean, he looked absolutely terrible. I mean, he tried to throw the ball away and gave it to us. Uh, I mean, he's running around like yeah. he tries to be Mahomes, but he's like not even like the peewee version of Mahomes. He's just awful. He's not good. Um, I agree. Can't believe that we would even say that Flacco would be a better option. But based on the talent that they have, he just is. Um, they got to find out how to get more involved. The guy is really a special receiver. I thought he was going to blow up this year, and they're not even trying to get him involved. Um, Garrett Wilson did come uh, back after uh, kind of not doing anything since Wilson comes back. Uh, came back. He had seven targets, um, 115 yards, uh, no TDs. Uh, Tyler Conklin, uh, their tight end, was the only guy to get in the end zone. And then um, for the Patriots, again, the controversy continues. Mac Jones gets the start again this week. Um, he looked okay. Looked better. Um, uh, had some good throws. Had some really questionable throws as well. Um, I think there's just no mistaking that Ramondre Stevenson is our offense and he is special. Um, he was our leading receiver as well as our leading rusher. Um, Damian Harris uh, did go out with a... Uh, with a hamstring injury, I'm sh- curious if Strong's now going to get uh, some burn uh, because we don't want Stevenson to break down too much. Um, also, I think Devontae Parker went out with an injury. Um, so, Thornton, it's time for you to step up, bud. Uh, Myers doing his Myers things. He, he led the team in targets, 12 targets, 9 for 60 in a TD. Um, I don't know. We're uh, <laughs> we're a middle-of-the-realm middle, middle of the realm team. I I don't know how much upside that we have, but um, good to see that Jones got back to start. Hopefully he can uh, he can build on that. I mean the the two things that I like watching about the Patriots are Ramondre Stevenson and Matt Judon. That, yeah. I mean outside of those guys and Jack Jones a little bit too, but um, outside of those guys there there's not much to like about the season. I hope that he beats the you know wins the sack record. That's that's what I'm going for at this point. So we'll see. Yeah, he, I mean he's definitely he's definitely he's looking there. good. Uh, another absolute kind of stinker of a game the Steelers at the Eagles the Steelers look really bad um Kenny Pickett played I don't know terrible is the word but he was awful uh interception he got sacked six times did not look did not look great the Pittsburgh rushing game even though somehow they averaged six yards a carry I'm not sure how that was possible but Najee Harris is a disaster uh the worst it got to be the worst first-round pick. I know people were saying Jonathan Taylor, but, I mean, Najee's been awful. At least Taylor's had some good games. Um, Najee chipped in this week with six catches. I think you know five of them might have been in the fourth quarter with just some dump-down passes when they were getting blown out. And even when he gets a dump-down pass, he he's like, I, I don't know, like two-stepping up to a defender and then trying to juke him out of the way it's, I, I just don't understand yeah that meme is going to kill him because he if he just made a decision as soon as he got the ball he would have a first down it's just a really weird yeah. he, he, there's something going on there yeah. and then on the other side of the ball Philly's just a juggernaut right now 7-0 and undefeated I Hertz, don't like it Hurts decided to just flip the script from hey I'm a rushing quarterback that's going to you know break the rushing touchdown record to I'm just going to throw four touchdowns and three of them to A.J. Brown um, they're they're really just kind of toying with you know how good they want to be right now, and Hertz is in a race for MVP. Um, I don't I don't know if he'll he'll win it. I don't know if that'll be a Josh Allen thing. I'm not I'm not positive, but Hertz has got to be there. You know, one one A one C right now in the race. 
Yeah, I mean, a, a couple things. I mean, no, number one, they're undefeated. Uh, uh, he looks good. He's been highly efficient both passing and now rushing the ball. Um, A.J. Brown showing you what he can do with a competent quarterback. I mean, he was double covered on, you know, one of his touchdowns and pointing at the defenders. I mean, he's just a man amongst boys out there. And it helps that their run games were solid. I mean, Sanders didn't even get the ball that much. He only got the ball nine times, but turned into 78 yards and a TD. It's, you know, um, when you had that hyper-efficient running game, it just makes it even easier for play action in the passing game. But, um, I mean, they were just... Still, it was just plain and simple, outmatched. Um, I don't even know. I mean, Frymuth's probably their go-to guy, and that's just because he's a security blanket for Pickett. But um, they're a mess. The run game's bad. Their offensive line is atrocious. They can't get anyone going. Um, Pickett spend more time on the ground than throwing, so not good. Yeah, they don't look good. Another terrible team, um, Houston Texans. Tennessee <laughs> went to Houston. Uh, the King is back. And the King is back. Uh, Henry is the story here. 32 for 219 and two touchdowns. Um, he was unstoppable. And when people talk about, oh, you know, a running back can't succeed without a quarterback, uh, Derrick Henry ran the ball 32 times. His quarterback threw it 10 times, 55 yards, and an interception. And Henry looked like he was the greatest running back in the history of football single-handedly basically won the game for them i mean granted obviously the offensive line was manhandling houston as well but no one wants to tackle derrick henry and as we get later in the season once they start playing more games that are outside and they're colder those those you know smaller edge guys the smaller linebackers some of the dbs the safeties they're going to take a step back henry's going to start racking up these games um and he absolutely just kills Houston every time he plays them. Yeah, he has. Uh, I think this is the third or fourth time he has had over 200 yards against um, against Houston, which is just, <laughs> it's crazy to me. Um, I just I I'm sorry that I laugh, but man, Henry's just one of those guys just gets no love. Like he got he dogged. The beginning of the dogged. season, he'll be like, you should take him tenth. You should, you know. And the year before, like if you were taking him in the top three, you were wild. It's like I just don't understand the hate for a guy that just he's the king man he's like when healthy this guy is the best running back in the league yeah granted you know he doesn't catch passes like McCaffrey and and Kamara and you know uh Eckler but as a runner a brute force runner that can put a whole team on his back he does it and he's done it time and time again <coughs> and today was a perfect example Malik Willis gets the start does absolutely nothing with it um and all he has to do is hand the ball off to to King Henry, and he got the job done. So, um. As far as I know, Henry's still I, – I believe he's back on pace for uh, 2,000 yards. Yeah, he's well, he's uh, – I know he he's only second to, I think, Barkley now in rushing, um, and he's not far behind. So he keeps putting games like this together, and he's going to be right there. So. Yeah, and, and I, again, as they go further in the season, they're just going to keep giving him the ball. Correct. Um, I think they have the Chiefs this week as well, and Buffalo kind of showed, in a way, the way that you go at the Chiefs is you run the ball at them, keep the ball away from Mahomes, and and just run the ball down their throat. So, be interesting to see what they what they come up with this week. Um, the next game was the Commanders at the Colts. Um, another <laughs> win for Heineke. Yeah, boy. Um, the kid, he he's he's looking okay. Uh, two seventy nine through the air, touchdown and one interception. 
Uh, he's looking better than Wentz did. That's all I know. He also ran the ball six times and a touchdown. Um, he's athletic for sure, and uh, he he moves around the pocket. He he runs. I would say a little bit too much because he's not huge. So he needs to tone that down, maybe hand the ball off a few more times to Brian Robinson. But, um, yeah, Robinson didn't look great in this game. But the Heineke to McLaurin connection is real. And McLaurin, again, 6 for 113, didn't have a touchdown, but what was he, a yard short? I don't know, a yard and a half short of uh, of catching it this week. And you know, let, uh, Heineke led them down the field. They were down 16 to 10, and they got that touchdown you know, late in the fourth quarter. Um, Washington's an interesting, interesting little team. They they kind of have weapons all over the place, and they they spread the ball out a lot. And Heineke is it, it just more serviceable than Wentz was, especially for the group that they have. Yeah, I mean, I think they they want to play for him. The guy puts his life on the line every time he goes out and plays with them. He'll be injured um, by the end of the season. Yeah, one thousand percent. And you know, McLaurin loves him. I feel like the guys love him. Um, I was talking about this last week. Um, Robinson's a cool story, uh, but he's hasn't he has I'm gonna be realistic, he hasn't done he hasn't done shit. Uh he's a been a plotter at best. I mean he's averaging like probably three yards or under uh carry. Gibson has de- definitely been the more explosive back, but I like where they what they're doing with him. I kinda like like totally getting rid of McKissick and letting Gibson be that guy and he's doing well with it. Though it's second week in a row now he's scored uh on a reception. Uh this week he had seven for fifty eight in a TD. Um so I kinda think they just keep him in this role. Um you know, now you have kind of two gadget players with Samuel and Gibson, like, in short range, and then you have McLaurin that can stretch your field. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, they, they're staying in games. Indy sucks. Um, I could tell you, watching this game, the first five plays that I watched Ellinger, that he wasn't it. You can just tell that some guys, when... And again, I mean, if you look at his stats, they're not terrible. 17 for 23, 201, you know, no touchdowns, no picks. He ran the ball a few times. But you can just tell he he had his feet were moving, were chopping, like, unbelievably fast. He was running all over the place. I, I just, I don't think they have it with him. And again, next week, I, I'm talking shit about him. Next week, he'll probably throw for 330 and two touchdowns. I have no idea, but... You you could just almost tell as soon as you see someone the eye test he 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 just doesn't have it. Yeah, I mean he didn't pass the eye test. I will say, and we and this is something that you know why we thought Zappy could potentially be special is that pocket presence and the movement in the pocket, calm, relaxed, confident. And you know Ellinger didn't have it this week. I mean, granted it's his first start, he probably nervous as fuck. You know, so uh, who knows? But um, we'll see. Uh, we talk trash though. So, He'll be, um, he'll be, you know, uh, he's gonna be the offensive rookie game. player of the year <laughs> for the rest of the year, and will probably break some sort of like completion percentage record in some capacity. Talking about a hat trick, though, Nick, break it down. So, um, another game that we're gonna roll over to here: uh, 49ers at the Rams. The 49ers own the Rams. Loki, every time that they play them in the regular season, I want to say the last like. 12, 13 games. They've won 10. Um, they've been uh, they've been whooping them, and the 49ers are a different team right now. They got McCaffrey, That's and it. That's he's a game breaker. Again, we talked about you know maybe five, ten guys that can score from anywhere in the field. There's maybe 
two or three guys in the league that can do what Christian McCaffrey did this week. So he threw for a touchdown. He ran 18 for 94 and a touchdown, and he also caught 8 for 55 and another touchdown. Just think about that for a second. One for one, 34 yards and a touchdown through the air. 18 for 94 on the ground in a TD, and then 8 for 55. Single-handedly, each besides maybe the passing touchdown, if you just individually have one of the three, it's it's a good day. Yep. He did all of it. And he goes home to uh, Miss Universe, Olivia Copel. and hottest stick of all time, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's got a pretty shitty life right now. He's killing it. Um, on, the, on the other side of things, though, the Rams, I mean, I don't know if it's a Stafford thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's they didn't play their starters in the preseason. But, like, that's played out at this point, right? I mean, they're they're seven games in. They're three and four. They're underperforming. They're, they're coming off of a legit Super Bowl hangover at this point. The only... I don't know, positive you want to say takeaway with them is that Cup is still that guy and pretty much does it every single week. He did roll up an ankle, I believe, at the end. I don't know how serious yeah. it is. I guess we'll we'll see with some practice um, schedules this week. But, you know, outside of him, they don't have much going on. Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, one, Ayuk now with Debo out has kind of picked up where he's left off the end of last season. He seems to be the go-to guy through the uh, passing game for uh, Garoppolo. Um, super talented uh, receiver and good to see. I don't know where Debo fits in. We talked about that uh, last week. Um, you know, he's kind of that gadget player. He's super explosive. I, they got to figure out ways to get him involved uh, when he comes back from injury. Uh, good to see Allen Robinson kind of kind of getting um, a little bit involvement in the offense. I just want to know what Darrell Henderson did because he he did something he you know ran over you know the coach's dog or something because the dude just they hate him I I don't know what it is but Ronnie Rivers came you know I don't even know where he came from he came in and he was a lead rusher I mean eight foot he didn't do anything with it he he was the same thing eight for 21 2.6 yards a carry but Henderson comes in and averages four and he doesn't get any more touches like I don't know he did something he there's dirt on him something's up that they hate him. I, I don't know what it is. I thought once Acres was done that Henderson was going to take over, get 15 to 20 carries a game, and you know do something with it because he's. I actually think he's decent running back, but man, they hate him. I don't. I again, I don't know what it is, but it's pretty hilarious. Ronnie Rivers. Um, Ronnie awesome. Rivers, and and from a gameplay uh, standpoint too, it's not even you say. You know, obviously the game ended up 31-14, but it's not like. The Rams were getting blown out the whole game either. You know, they just they just didn't give the ball to Henderson. They brought in Malcolm Brown, who I think was born in 1972. The extreme plotter. He had, he had five carries versus Why? Henderson had four. Um, 13 yeah. carries given to Ronnie Rivers and Malcolm Brown. And so it's given that, those 13 more carries to Henderson, which, you know, probably would have gave more, you know, uh, yards and, and points. I don't understand. Like, it just... These teams, we, we talked about it, like volume, like you just abandoning the run before it even begins. Like like you just said, they weren't out of the game. It's not like they were playing from this backup. They, they no. couldn't run the ball. Like establish the run. Get get after it. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what they do uh, moving forward. But Jesus, please give Henderson the ball. Do something. I mean, does is Ronnie Rivers a... I thought he was like a scat back. What? 5'9", 195, Fresno State. I don't know. He's the size of Jeff Bibby, and he's <laughs> he's running the ball more. I mean, hey, shout out Ronnie Rivers, but 
I, I mean, maybe, maybe he takes over the uh, maybe he takes over the job. I don't know. They at they two point yards, two point six yards to carry though. He didn't do shit with it. Like he looks horrendous. What the fuck? But his name is Ronnie Rivers, and he <laughs> definitely had a lot of carries. More more carries than I ever thought he would have. Um. This yeah. Is, I mean, I, I'll I'll be honest though. I hate the Rams, and I can't too. stand McVay. So I like enjoy Especially watching. Especially after him this Cole Strange pick, he thought he was trolling us, and we're getting a better laugh. He's actually turned out to be actually halfway decent. So. Um. All right. Moving on to the best game of the day. I I think from a record standpoint, it was the only game that had two winning winning teams playing each other. Uh, the Giants traveled to Seattle. Uh, the G-Men maybe showed a little bit of their true colors. Uh, they lost 13 to 27. Gino hanging his hat in the MVP standings at least I mean you might as well just give him the comeback player of the year right now I'm not sure who else could get that unless somebody came back from cancer somewhere but he outside of that Ronnie Rivers maybe Ronnie Rivers I don't know but yeah Gino looks good man I he he week in week out he surprises me what every single week what player can you say in like their sixth or seventh year is like having a com- breakout year. Like, I mean, Cordero Patterson. We right, talked about it right, earlier. Right. Like, he had it last year. Yep. Like, he's basically like Cordero Patterson last year. You know, if you have him in fantasy, he's he's awesome. But even in real life, like, I root for him. The dude says all the right things. Even, even he throws a ball to Lockett. Uh, it hits Lockett in the head, and it was a touchdown. And Lockett went back over. He also, Lockett also fumbled on, like, the one-yard line, too. And Lockett's got his head down, and Geno's just over there. Grabs his head yep. and he's just telling him like keep your head up, and then comes out and throws a touchdown to him. And then after the fact, after the game, they win the game. They're five and three. Great, all is well. Gino's up at the podium. He brings up DK and Tyler Lockett with him. Says all the right things. And then Lockett gets up there and says, you know, it's great what we can accomplish when no one cares about who gets the credit. And I'll be honest, man, you you got to look at it like they're they're ready to run through a wall for this guy. Pete Carroll's like 97 years old. He's probably not even fucking coaching the team at this point, but he's out there. He's like... He's always been a hype man coach, though, you know? He's oh, always yeah. been that hype man coach. And, and Gino gets that, probably fits right in that mold, and they're just... You could tell they're enjoying playing football together. DK, who was supposed to be out, you know, four to six weeks, suits up, plays, probably on the D-hop steroid ring, but it doesn't matter. He comes in, six for 55 and a touchdown. They, I mean, they look really good. Yeah, I mean, all I mean, Walker came back down to life from the run game, but still had a touchdown, right? Um, still, it, it just didn't average what I mean. He averaged like over a first down last week. This this week, 18 carries, still got a ton of uh, run, but only did 51 uh, yards in, uh, you know, averaging 2.8 yards a carry with that. That just shows you that you know the Giants D, you know, based on you know uh, their run game and their defense is why they were you know five and one prior to uh, um, I mean, sorry, were, six and one before prior to this game. They were right in the game until um, until Walker finished it with a touchdown. They uh, were right in it. But uh, yeah, I mean DK Metcalf definitely stole Terrell Owens's hyperbaric chamber from when he broke his leg and came back for the Super Bowl because they said he was out with a knee sprain. He took one week off and here he comes in and has a touchdown. But then had like a he had a sick play that he pretended like he was gonna fade and and then like ran like he was gonna catch the ball just so the dude underneath could catch a the touchdown. I think that was to lock it. So uh, cool cool ass play. Um, I mean they're fun to watch. Um, Sucks to see the G-men just, like, just get exposed, I mean, to being one-dimensional as they were. I mean, 
Barkley still ended up with a touchdown, but got bottled up for the most part. And they just have no identity through the air. I mean, um, Daniel Jones just couldn't do anything with it. I thought Wondell Robinson was going to be the guy, but only got three targets this week. Didn't do shit with it. Slayton's the leading re- receiver again for, like, I think that's the third week in a row. But uh, good luck trusting him um, in fantasy. So Yeah. Um, the uh, Sunday Night Football game was Green Bay at Buffalo. One of the larger spreads of the week. Was it 11 or something? Like yeah, that? I think it was ended up like 11 and a half. Uh, Green Bay put up a better game than I think most people thought. They went down uh, 27-17. The Bills moved to six and one, and again a play away from being seven and zero with the Miami loss. Um, Buffalo looks good, but Josh Allen looked human in the game. Uh, two two interceptions, uh, along to go with his two touchdowns. Um, they're another team that I feel like they could run the ball a lot more than they do, but they don't for whatever reason. Uh, Singletary looked pretty good, uh, 14 for 67, but they don't they they like don't want to feed him the ball you know 20 times. Maybe Singletary just you know they don't want to like get him injured or anything like that. They slow up some of the carries. Obviously Josh Allen's gonna you know have some of the scrambles and whatnot. Six for 49, he chipped in there. Uh, they gave James Cook, James Cook some run. He looked decent. Good, yeah. yeah, I mean, five for 35. Um, Diggs, still wide receiver one in that category for sure for them. Um, the, 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 I guess the negative takeaway from Buffalo is, for whatever reason, when Josh Allen throws Gabe Davis the ball, it's either an interception, there's an injury on the play, or he scores a touchdown. Um, and this week he had seven targets. I think Gabe Davis had five catches, maybe even six. There was a penalty on, I believe, three or four of his catches. Yeah, I mean, he's an explosive guy. I'm, I trust him going forward. You're in a high-octane offense. I think he's the, the, the guy they look to second in the in the passing game as far as uh, Allen's concerned. But he only completed 13 passes this, uh, this game. So, like you just said, coming way back down to life. I mean, he had been averaging like 40 pass attempts uh, a game and, you know, uh, usually connecting on at least half of those um, this time. Not the case. Uh, Cook did look good, like I said. Um, every time I pick somebody up to stash and drop them the next week, they seem to have like their coming out party. Yep. Uh, five for 35 on the ground and then one for 41 through the air. Like you said, Davis, um, you know, uh got bottled up by penalties. Stefan Diggs and Jarrah Alexander had some, uh, they were like talking mad trash before the game, which was, I thought it was awesome because uh, Green Bay was coming out and it was just Diggs talking trash to him. And then they they basically panned to Jarrah Alexander after the game, like, you know, uh, what we said. And he tried to say, you know, uh, he was too small and he didn't know, you know, what, what he said he was trying to like defer and then Diggs like kind of ended it was like I don't know what was said but I finished it and you know he sure did he got six for 108 in a TD and that's a uh, that's cool to say and the majority of the game Alexander guarded uh, Gabe Davis he didn't even play Stefan Diggs that much so uh, cocky guy kind of like that comes from like that Ramsey mold where he's going to talk shit and then for some reason just play one side of the field and not play the other side kind of like Richard Sherman used to do mm-hmm. as well and I'm sure that's like a game plan thing um, but with that being said I mean you're going to go talk shit to the guy that you're not even going to play against what's the point of that True. Um, wrapping up the week Monday Night Football this game was a, a surprise to say the least um, the Browns take care of the Bengals 32-13 to 13. 
the the huge takeaway again the Bengals offensive line for whatever reason just reared its ugly head again uh Burrow sacked five times rushed god I mean god only knows probably closer to 10 um he he took a few big hits too on balls that he got he got thrown away uh they're gonna have to figure that out because whatever is going to happen with them I mean they're gonna they're obviously not a Super Bowl favorite in the AFC but they got to be I don't know, top four or five team that that might make the Super Bowl from the AFC. They're not going to make it there by letting Burrow get hit as many times as being he's being hit. Uh, part of that is probably Jamar Chase not being there. But again, y- you can't let up five sacks and however many hits he took and expect your quarterbacks going to last into you know January. Yeah, uh, I mean, we talked about this. I mean, shoot, I just. Every time we talk about one, it, and, and two, it goes back. Yeah. So it, you know, he started out the first three weeks. He was the the t- the leading um, uh, sacked quarterback, right? So um, I just while you were talking, I just wanted to check it to see like where he he stands as far as uh, sacks are concerned on the year for quarterback. He's second only to Justin Field at 29. Field has 31, but he's got 29 sacks on the year. I mean. Bottom line is, yeah, don't get me wrong, uh, when you you add a guy like Jamar Chase, um, it makes you better. But I think what the biggest part is is that now you have three ridiculous receivers and you can get the ball out pretty fast, uh, especially with Hurst as your uh, tight end. That that number probably just goes up a little bit. Uh, you're going to hold the ball just a little bit longer when you ha- when you don't have them for these other guys to get open. And he just doesn't have that extra time. No. Um, he just gets destroyed. Their run game, too, this year has really plummeted. Last year, uh, they'd had an, a run game, and um, yeah, this year they just don't. Um, uh, and then on the flip side, I mean, got to give it to the Cleveland's defense is is good. Miles Garrett is really fucking good. Um, and Cooper is starting to come alive. I mean, the dudes uh, pretty much went there for peanuts, and he had some pretty sick routes in this game. Um Threw an interception yeah, yeah. on one of the uglier yeah. passes you'll ever see. It was it was hideous. And uh, he even said it after yeah. the game. He said, "I tried to throw the ball away." Uh, he said, I'll, "I'll be honest. I tried to throw the ball away, and I realized how hard it was to throw a ball away." He said, "I tried to make sure I was getting it to the line of scrimmage and get it out of bounds, and I just got nothing behind it." But it was so ugly. Um, Nick Chubb, another guy that we probably don't talk about enough, but twenty-three for one on one, two touchdowns. Um, chipped in with one catch. I mean, he doesn't even need to catch the ball to be fantasy relevant, obviously. But he's just a monster, week in, week out. He's so humble. I think like like I, I like love it. But he had like some like really inspirational video that he made prior to the season that like they were gonna like the you know Browns are gonna turn around and it was because of all the hard work he put in. And it was a pre- it was a pretty sick video. The guy is just really good. And it was funny because. Hunt started this game, and I'm like thinking to myself, like, why do you have Hunt in the game? And he looked okay. The second that Chubb came into the game, now he was an instant difference maker, almost picking up first downs at you know with ease, or you know, um, you know, making it, uh, you know, a, a few yards away from getting first downs, and just makes it super easy for uh, Brissett to to not have to do too much. Um, and I don't know, he's uh he's definitely up there in the. Offensive Player of the Year uh, candidates, that's for sure. He's been very consistent in his, in his efforts. Um, almost averages 100 yards and a, a, at least one touchdown. You might as well just chalk him up for a touchdown every week. Yeah, he's so. he's pretty much that good. And they give him the ball. I mean, they give the ball to Hunt on the goal line, too. It's just Chubb, Chubb will score from outside of that as well. 
Um, yeah, the Browns again. I I don't know what they're what I guess what they're going to look like when they get up to you know week. What is it going to be? You have to be week twelve, week thirteen. Whenever they're going to get Watson back, they get if they get the hover kind of where they're at right now. If they can hover on that five hundred mark and get or stay at five hundred when they get him back, they have a. I mean, they legit have a chance to make the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see what I guess what Watson looks like because he's coming back off of uh, yeah, extreme. You know what, five hundred days or something without playing football, and you know twenty seven sexual assault cases but <laughs> whatever it is yeah he he's he's a good quarterback and good's probably not even the correct word for him he's a great quarterback way better than Brissett. he's that. much better than Brissett. so it's going to be interesting to see i guess where they're at when they get him back um and but I, that would Najoku too i don't right now, i don't so. root for i don't root for watson uh i mean i think the guy's kind of a scumbag with that being said you know he has the right to play football um but i root for Brissett. Uh, being the Patriots guy, and he was there for years, and um, he gets hit on. He's not horrendous. He's not terrible, but he's one of the guys that he'll just—he doesn't really throw the ball away that often, and he'll just take hits on the chin for whatever reason. He's a tough guy. I think even Brady talked this talked about this when the year that Brady was suspended. Uh, I don't even know what year that was, but Garoppolo started what, one game and then got hurt, and then was supposed to play. I think they played Houston, and he was supposed to play Houston, and then he like backed out of the game. Not backed out of the game, but this was pregame. He, he they decided he wasn't going to start, and Brissett started with like a broken like middle finger or something, and he didn't throw the ball that much, but he ran the ball pretty well for the Patriots. He's just a tough bastard, um, and you could tell the guy gets like no credit, no love. He's just a grimy looking dude, long straggly beard. He's a football player, uh, which is awesome, and I, I root for him. So. Um, yeah, and I root for Chubb. I like I like watching both of them, but definitely a surprising outcome. Interesting to see that they, especially they in the way it manhandled. Happened. Yeah, right. Since he, I mean, since he didn't score until completely lopsided. Yeah, until the end of the game. Um, and that was pretty much uh, wraps up the uh, the week um, week eight of the NFL season, which was it was kind of wild to uh, to to see that we're we're eight weeks through the season, but uh, kind of halfway point through the season. Um, I think our top fives are probably going to look pretty similar to where they were last week. But, I mean, mine hasn't changed. I uh, still got Philly, Buffalo, KC, Minnesota, and Dallas. Okay, I'm going to just flip-flop one team, and uh, basically it's going to be um, Philly still at one because they're undefeated, uh, Buffalo at two, KC at three. Uh, I'm going to keep... Um, Cowboys at four, uh, and I had since he I put it in at five, and I said there was a team, and I I'm gonna go back to because I think they can make noise, even though the record might not do it, and I'm gonna put the 49ers at my fifth spot. Um, I had them kind of on the outside looking in. I said, you know, they can make noise in the in, in NFC, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put them there because I I think they can. So um so there's some there's some changes too in some of these teams that we have in our top five. There was um. A little trade deadline today in the NFL, 4 p.m. And it wasn't just today; it was, you know, kind of even leading up to this, days leading up to this. But um, we had down here about 12 different moves. I think they said it was the most it's been in a, either ever or in a long time. Yeah, I think Schefter said there was 10 trades just today, which was the most that, that they've had at a deadline. Um, so we're just going to cover some of these in rapid fire succession and just get some, you know, kind of thoughts and opinions on them. So the first one of the day was. Uh, Lions traded Hawkinson to the Vikings for a second and a third rounder. 
I don't think this changes much as for Hawkinson. I mean, he's kind of still in a, uh, I don't know. I, I guess he's in a better situation with the Vikings, but he's still behind. Yeah, he's know, the number third. Yeah, he's the number three option. Third option. Yeah. So if he's your tight end, you can still, I would still fire him up as a tight end one, but. Definitely tight end one. But yeah, but outside end, of that, yeah, yeah lower end. Um, the Beers traded for, did I just say the Beers? Yeah. The Bears <laughs> traded for uh, Roquan Smith. Uh, excuse me, traded Roquan Smith to the Ravens. Um, That's big time for the Ravens. I mean, yeah, the Ravens' defense was struggling, I guess. But, I mean, Roquan uh, was a staple in Chicago. And the fact that they got rid of him, I, I think, was kind of a surprise. I know he wanted to get out of there, but that's a huge move for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Obviously not from a fantasy perspective. But uh, the Giants traded um, Tony to KC for a third and sixth rounder. Um, my takeaway is that he could be, I wouldn't say Tyreek Hill-esque, but like, you know, maybe a poor man's Tyreek Hill, or it could be zero. So it's, I don't think he's going to have a middle ground. I think it's going to be one or the other. Uh, funny that he got to KC and he's instantaneously not injured. So 100% um, healthy. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, he's scum. He wants a wrap. So we'll see what he does. Uh, uh, for Casey. Chicago also traded Robert Quinn to the Eagles. I don't think this was today. I believe this was a day or two ago. Um, Quinn's a monster. And the Eagles getting him. I know Jordan Davis is out a bit for the Eagles. Quinn plays more of the edge. But adding him to an already 7-0 and juggernaut is essentially not really that fair. And I don't think they gave up that much for him either. Yeah. Um, it, it clearly shows that Chicago is just there. They're fire all sale. in, a, yeah, fire sale for them. They're trying to rebuild and uh, see what they can get for the draft. Um, the Jags traded James Robinson to the Jets. That was last week for a fifth rounder. We talked about that. Um, hard to say how that's going to pan out. Again, just like McCaffrey last week, he didn't know the uh, you know, playbook and things of that nature. I think that that will be a one-two punch with him and Michael Carter uh, in New York, but I don't know how that's going to pan out, so we'll see. Better for ETN. Yes. That was, that's really my takeaway for it. Um, the I had this down here, but this was the Patriots didn't trade Isaiah Wynn. Uh, so former first round pick, or you know, a, a, yeah, I guess a former first round pick for the Patriots. Uh, he's been bad this season, really bad for them. I believe he's the most penalized um, player on their team this season. They didn't trade him, so I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But he's been playing like shit. All right, so so staying there, Pats don't trade uh, win, but the Steelers did trade uh, Chase Claypool. But instead of trading them to the Patriots like I wanted them to, they trade them to the Bears for a, a second rounder, which is kind of wild, to, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, uh, a second round pick, that's that's pretty high for Claypool. So, DeAndre Hopkins got traded for a second round pick. Yeah, which is, yeah, and th- there you go. That puts it in perspective. It's a lot. Um, but the Bears also have, uh, they have like 10 picks or something like that in the upcoming draft. So I, guess I mean, he could be good. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I mean, I wanted him on the pat, so we'll see. Uh, Broncos traded Bradley Chubb to Miami. Uh, in return, Denver got uh, Chase Edmonds. So from a fantasy perspective, Edmonds just gets added to an absolutely shit show of a backfield and, and kind of muddies the waters there even more. Um, and then from a real-life perspective, Miami steals Bradley Chubb and their defense is much better because of it. Oh, 100%. I mean, I wish I could say that Chase Edmonds going because when Chase Edmonds went to Miami, I thought actually he was going to be really good. Um, so maybe he goes to Denver and gets life because, like you said, you know, the combined of Latavius Murray and Gordon are, you know, 300 years old. Um, maybe, you know, he 
surpasses the dinosaurs and becomes something but um he hasn't showed showed out so we'll see that's the he might be worth a waiver ad um but yeah miami's definitely now getting bolstered on defense to already high octane offense yep. um but not only that um san francisco traded jeff wilson uh who used to play for the coaching staff uh in miami now he goes there so um from san fran so and, and we were talking about this offline but most dirt looks good um, adding Wilson, who looks better than Edmonds at this point, you know, makes Miami even a little bit more dangerous on offense. And Wilson's had a pretty good year filling in for um, Eli Mitchell. So I, I don't think this hurts Mostert a ton. Um, I, I think a little less tread on Mostert anyways will probably help because he's injury prone. But, uh, I mean, regardless, Miami gets better today. Yeah, um, Atlanta traded uh, Calvin Ridley to Jacksonville for – uh, a fourth and fifth rounders. Um, this is interesting because, um, I mean, you can't bet on the games and it is what it is, but a year suspension's pretty wild. You know, you can beat people and get domestic violence charges and still play the same season. He cannot uh, play for sports betting. Um, it's funny because I don't know who he bet, but I heard something along the lines that he made a bet and it was the other team that was involved in the bet was uh was jacksonville and now that's potentially his uh, employer which is pretty funny um i will say uh could be good for them you know next year they could uh they could be pretty explosive if, if release anything what he was prior to not playing um now with kirk ingram and etn i mean that could be a pretty high octane offense yeah i mean if he's staying in shape and actually going to come back in football shape Good for them. I think they got a steal right there. Um, last minute the deadline breaker here was uh, Naheem Hines went from Indy to Buffalo, which, you know, you were talking about this beforehand, but was probably your favorite move of the day. Yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, you said it best that Singletary is a pretty good running back, but they only give him limited burn. And when they do, it seems to be in the passing game and he's a he's pretty good in the passing game i thought cooks was going to be that guy and he still may be but what we do know is that naheem guy uh naheem hines is that guy he's a very good um you know a route runner um and he could just step right in and have not only real relevance but fantasy relevance as well um uh yeah so i i think that of the guys we just talked about if i'm going on the waiver wire it's probably um, to get him over anybody else that got moved today. Um, Cooks, Hunt, and Moore did not get traded. I think they were a little surprising that all three of them didn't get traded, but uh, Brandon Cooks was probably the most surprising for me. I mean, uh, Houston's going nowhere, so I'm not really sure what they do from here moving forward. But It, it was like multiple teams were interested in Like I heard the Rams, the Vikings. Uh, I mean, Green Bay needed desperately needed somebody. Um it seems like he he went to Twitter and he was pretty upset uh, about it. It appeared, you know, uh, there, you know, uh, he stayed quiet and yeah, pretty much messed with his life or something like that, something along those lines. So not not too thrilled about the uh, not getting moved. I don't blame him. I mean, uh, like you said uh, he's getting no younger, and that team's going nowhere in a hurry. So yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah, so I mean that 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 wrapped up pretty much of the the trade deadline day for us. Um, some interesting trades. I think some teams definitely got better. Some of the contenders absolutely got better on defense. So it'll be interesting to see what what uh, what what some of those bring from a fantasy perspective, but also I guess from a real life perspective. Um, so some just looking ahead to the week nine. Uh, some interesting games this weekend. Um, headlined by KC's playing Sunday Night Football. 
Um, Tennessee at KC, which was one of the games that I mentioned. I, it's, you know, I think it's going to be a good test for Tennessee, who somehow every year is in it, and <laughs> you know, end of the year they're always there uh, in in their division, and that's what they're trending back towards again this week. Uh, excuse me, this year, but this week um, at Kansas City, it's going to be a tough game for them, but um, that's one of the games that I'm looking forward to. And that's then a, that's just a lot of good games just from a just from a shootout perspective, uh, the Chargers at Atlanta um, if, if for the one o'clock game could be again. I like watching the Atlanta games. They they typically are high scoring. Um, yeah, there's some there's some good games upcoming this week. Yeah, Vikings Commanders. I mean, we just talked about it. I mean, Vikings are hot right now. Uh, Commanders are um, up and coming, and they've been pretty fun to watch. Uh, you have. Uh, Rams Bucks I mean both of them drastically need wins Bad. Um, Titans Chiefs like you just said uh, kind of a tail of the test to see where the Titans actually stand uh, in the AFC and then the Monday night game is a good game Ravens uh, Saints so um, yeah I- I'm excited uh, good week of football I was not excited for football this past week and it was one of the more exciting ones to watch so I guess uh, any given Sunday so this is a huge bye week as well it's Cleveland Dallas Denver New York Giants, uh, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. So, Dang. there's there and and coming off of last week with the Chargers and the Chiefs on buys, which were probably two of the larger, from a fantasy perspective, teams that had players out. Um, this week there's six out. So if you don't have players on a buy this week, more than likely you're in a better spot than your opponent mm-hmm. because you're they're probably scrambling either from a defensive perspective, from a kicker. Uh, you know, obviously some of these teams have you know starters of guys that you're playing as well but um the waivers aren't too hot this week either there's not a ton out there i don't think there was a ton of guys that were that i was looking at or put claims in or anything along those lines i mean there was a few that i needed a tight end or a defense or maybe a you know a flex option but there's not a lot there of not skill a ton players left either you know uh those guys that that may be out there are like the huntley's the Edmonds, the claypools you know, whoever is going to be the, the the leading receiver now in Green Bay now that they didn't get anybody, um, those guys. Uh, other than that, n- not many. Uh, you're waiting for that next injury to pop up to uh, go back to the waiver wire. But, yeah, definitely defenses, uh, maybe that streaming tight end that you might need this week. Um, if Greg Dolchich is out there, I would go out and scoop his ass up because uh, – he was pretty good the last couple. Yeah, he has not been bad. I mean, from a tight end perspective, if you're getting you know, 11, 12 points from your tight end, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, Outside, unless you have you know Kelsey or something like that, and then you're obviously set. But, uh, yeah, tight end's been a crapshoot this year. So. How did we do last week uh, in, in the betting standpoint? Eh? Not terrible, not great. Um, we were 2-3. and three. So we um, we got kind of back the back. We got backdoored on the Buffalo game for sure. But Green Bay came back in that game. Yeah. Um, the Jets got manhandled by the Pats, and uh, Atlanta didn't cover. They won the game, but it was four and a half. So uh, we won on Minnesota and the Saints. The Saints were easy, easy money. The Minnesota as well. They won by eight. Um, so I got a few this week, and I, I kind of changed it up a little bit this week. So I, I've read a thing about uh, the larger spread games in the NFL, and a lot of the basically the games that are nine and a half or 10 points and up um, that the unders in those games are like 70%, which was interesting to me. I'm not sure if it's more of just a, 
hey, when teams are getting blown out type of thing. Mm. Um, so there's two on the slate this week, the Eagles game and the Bills. Um, and I just took both the unders there. So the Eagles-Texans are under 45, which is the Thursday night game. Um, that has the chance for Houston to just get absolutely blown oh, out. They, that, that's probably, that might be the most lopsided game of the week. And then um, the the Bills at the Jets, uh, under over-under is 47. I took the under there. Um, another one that I'm, I'm jumping on this week is Jacksonville uh, Moneyline. Um, I just think they're, they're in for a bounce back. Um, they're playing the Raiders, who are on the road traveling to Jacksonville. The Raiders are just a mess. Uh, the Jags are actually, I think they were getting a point. Um, but just taking the money line, it was like plus 115. Uh, the Titans, plus 12.5. Again, the Sunday Night Football, 12.5 um, is it's a lot, especially Tennessee coming off of, I guess, the week that Henry just had. Um, again, Derrick Henry might be the only guy in the league that's like anti doesn't matter the quarterback type of thing. Uh, Malik Willis didn't look good, but I, I believe Tannehill was trending to come back. So yeah, if Tannehill plays, I think that it'll be they'll be much yeah, better, yeah, in a much correct. better spot. Um, and then I'm taking Atlanta again. They're plus three again against the Chargers. Um, they play high scoring games. They play close games. Uh, they're at home. The Chargers are coming off the bye, traveling across the country. Uh, could be a trap game for them. Uh, so I'm taking Atlanta plus three. Okay, I, I like it. Um, we'll see. Um, a lot yeah. of big spreads out there, though. I mean, the Eagles, the Bills, and Kansas City are all over ten points. I think the Eagles were eleven and a half. The Eagles were actually are thirteen and a half. Uh, the Bills were eleven and a half, and the Titans were twelve and a half. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites. So a lot of big spreads out there this week, um, and then a lot of three point spreads out there this week too so there's some there's slated to be some blowouts and then slated to be some really close games yeah um i'll, I'll tell you what needs to happen uh buffalo needs to beat the jets we need to beat indy and that's a favorite <laughs> uh as they kind of should like we we talked about you you know um you know colts switching quarterbacks is not they just had a fire sale i mean they're a mess um but we need Chicago to beat Miami. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, that's what we need to happen. Um, we need to happen. Fields has been good, though. So um, Yeah, he has. Uh, we'll see if um, Claypool uh, suits up, too. Um, and I think that uh, – I do think that Claypool going to Chicago helps Mooney, uh, if anything, because Opens I, it up I, I just think Mooney shouldn't be the top guy. I think he should be the, the second guy. Uh and I think Claypool going there should should do that for him. So we'll see. Um, so that closes the book on episode seven for us. Uh, looking forward to week nine in the NFL. Um, we are kicking off waivers. What next tomorrow? Something yeah, like tomorrow. that. Yep. So um, you know, get any claims in that that type of stuff. But uh, but yeah. I think it was a. I think it was overall it was a. It was a fun week. I mean, there was points galore. I got blown out in one of my leagues, but one of my other leagues, I did the blowing out. So, um, could be vice versa for you know depending on what side you were on. But it was definitely a good week of football. Um, anything else before we sign off? Uh, quickly. Um, so this time next week, uh, Nick and I will be um, going to open a night for the Providence Friars. So. Um, Either one, we're going to do our podcast a day earlier or we're going to do it a day later. But either way, uh, you'll get content from us next week and we'll probably have a little bit to say uh, more on the Celtics, obviously, uh, uh, and the Udoka situation because that should pan out a little bit more. And then um, 
how the Friars looked in their opening day uh, of real basketball. And uh, hopefully uh, we're, we're telling you that the, um, the Patriots won another game. But uh, again, as always, thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or um, ask, please reach out to us um, so we can answer it on the pod. And thanks for coming. Cool. Take care.